0: I'm Norman Therecht from Pitcher Pharmacy, and I'm joined by Sarah Baker, pharmacist and partner of Camperdown Pharmacy in Victoria. Welcome, Sarah.
1: G'day, Norm. Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm talking to Sarah about how she bought her interest in Camperdown Pharmacy from the outgoing pharmacist, Murray Fry. Sarah, our view is that community pharmacy has always been an industry where succession planning works well, because a part of the community, both the senior and junior partner have the ability to stay connected to the customer. I have a philosophical view that the pharmacy will exist long after the current owners have exited the business. Therefore, the transmission of equity in the business is not only connected to the current and future owners, but also the community in which the pharmacy operates. To make a succession plan work, both parties need to have personal and business goals. Sarah, for our listeners, um, can you explain where you studied and, and when you became qualified as a pharmacist?
1: Norman, I was lucky enough to get a place at La Trobe University in Bendigo, so I spent four years there studying pharmacy before in my last year I did uh, my final placement at the Royal Children's and following that I applied for my internship at the Royal Children's in Melbourne and I was lucky enough to, to, to do about a year, 18 months down at the Royal Children's which I loved.
0: That's great. So so given you were in the hospital system, at what point did you think about going into community pharmacy?
1: Um, I think even though I was really hopeful I would get an intern year in a hospital, um, my end game was never to be a hospital pharmacist. I always intended on, on becoming a community pharmacist and I always intended on coming back to Camperdown at the end of that intern year or when I was sort of done in Melbourne. Um, I preferred community pharmacy over hospital pharmacy. I just thought hospital pharmacy would give me a really good start um, in terms of knowledge.
0: And during that time in hospital pharmacy and when you were contemplating coming back to community pharmacy, did you have the view of ownership or you wanted to get back to the community environment first and then work out where to go from there?
1: Um, in, I was trying to remember back as to whether Murray and I had spoken about ownership um, prior to me coming back. And to be honest, I can't remember that we ever had that conversation. Um, and I never had any intentions really of of owning a pharmacy. I enjoyed the pharmacist side of working in a community pharmacy. I enjoyed speaking with the customers um, and working alongside other staff, but I never really had any aspirations to own a pharmacy at that stage, no.
0: Yeah, so when you came back to Camperdown was that like coming home for you?
1: Yeah, yeah it was. In my um in my uni course, I had often come back in the summer holidays and worked, so it was um seeing customers that I'd seen here and there over the previous 4 or 5 years. Um they were sort of really excited that I was back and qualified. I was excited that I was back and qualified and it was just a really nice place to work. Um but I just enjoyed working as a pharmacist more than, you know, having anything to do. I'm not really a numbers girl. It, it it didn't interest me at that point.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because Murray clearly identified you as a local and being in regional Victoria, you know, part of getting and retaining pharmacists is key to running a pharmacy because when you're open five, six days a week, you need to fill yeah. the roster. So he's obviously identified you early as a, as a real opportunity to work with the customers. At what point did you and Murray actually talk about um potential ownership given that you had no real expectations from the start
1: i was also trying to think about when this conversation came up first and it feels feels like a long time ago now and i actually can't pinpoint a conversation where it started um but I think it sort of went along the, ter- along the lines of I was, once I came back, I had a, a partner here who is now my husband, I was never going anywhere. Um, and I think Murray sort of thought pharmacists were then and are still now hard to get. And I think he thought his term was always, and probably yours, Norm, um, a pharmacist will work better for the business and in the business if they have some skin in the game. So I think he sort of thought um, I wasn't going anywhere. Why don't we see whether we worked well together? Murray and I always worked well together. We were on the same page for for nearly everything, um, both from a working point of view and a business point of view. And I think he thought it was just a good fit.
0: Yeah, that's great. So so really, before you were in ownership, you were thinking, what's really in the best interest of the business here? And you were somewhat aligned to those decisions before even contemplating ownership. Yes.
1: Yeah. I always, even yeah. when I came back as a um, employee, I always, I don't know, I always just had the best interests of the business at heart. I think because Murray was such a good mentor to me always.
0: So when, when you started this process, you know, what was the first step? Was it, you know, you had the initial coffee and conversation then. What's the first step that you undertook?
1: So um, I was exceptionally green with all things business. I sort of I was going in completely blind. Uh, Murray and I had lots of conversations after work, sitting in the back office, um, where I would remember he would write down, you know, like little flow diagrams on of how partnership would work and the structure that we would set up and what it meant for me in terms of repayments and, and how we would structure the hours we worked. Um, and once I sort of... Every step along the way, he gave me time to digest that information, to get independent advice if I needed, go at home, talk talk over it with my family until I sort of decided, yep, yeah, this is definitely the way we need to go. And it took a long time. It didn't happen overnight. There was lots of conversations.
0: And and at any point in those conversations, were you discussing um, percentages or were you discussing the, the philosophy of buying in?
1: Um, no, very quickly we started talking percentages um, and sort of, so he, we always discussed percentages as in what would be an, an ideal figure for me to buy in at percentage-wise. And, and even quite quickly we probably started talking about numbers because it's not easy for a junior partner to buy into a pharmacy. You do need to sort of know what you're up for. Um, both in percentage and finances.
0: Yeah, so Murray was happy to share that information with you early.
1: Yeah, he was really transparent through the whole, the whole buying sort of journey.
0: I think that message is really interesting for our listeners because um, transparency is important, knowing what you're getting um, and when you're getting it. Um, so through those discussions, did you also talk about future percentages? So if this happens, then this happens sort of conversation.
1: That probably uh, came down the track. In the beginning, it was me just getting my head around buying into the business at all and what that would mean. Um, But certainly when we got to the partnership agreement stage and we were talking about the future, we set up um, sort of meeting points in the future where we would always come back, sit down and discuss future purchases, I suppose
0: yes so that's a really interesting point you make so you moved reasonably quickly from talking in terms of numbers percentages into okay let's make this thing work and you move to um talking about partnership agreement and what and what the contents of that document might look like now, what were some of the key things for you
1: um so the key things for me in the partnership agreement which at the time, um, I remember we were writing things out and I just sort of said, this is really silly. We're never going to need this. But I look back and, and the things that we put in the partnership agreement felt to me like an insurance policy. So even if you never needed them, the fact that they were there um, in black and white for everyone to see just sort of really made it feel fair, a really fair and honest um, transaction, I suppose. So in the partnership agreement, we had, it was lengthy and, and it was so much in there. But one of the really uh, interesting things, and it sticks with me now, even, I don't know, 10, 15 years later, is even though Murray was well and truly the senior partner and I was the junior partner, in the partnership agreement, we had a clause that said, um, if if we got to a, you know, a decision that needed to be made and we could not agree the way we would resolve that is we would flip a coin and whoever won that, that is the way the decision would go. So even though Murray was a far larger shareholder, it made me feel um, really as equal as him in terms of decision-making, which showed that he, I don't know, he trusted my judgment and, and we were fair partners in a business.
0: That's a really great point you make because the trust in that relationship at that point must have been significant you know, to, to empower you to have at that juncture 50-50, say on the flip of a coin, says that the senior partner, Murray in this case, was trusting you?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was huge. Yeah, com- complete trust.
0: Did, did the partnership agreement actually attempt to or did it spell out sort of your roles and responsibilities on a day-to-day or weekly basis?
1: Uh, not really re- roles and responsibilities. We probably just agreed that we were both working in the business quite a bit then. So in our partnership agreement, it it stated that um, because Murray was going to be the retiring partner, that he wanted a little bit more annual leave than me and that was stated in the partnership agreement, which was fine. Um, we stated that if it came to a point where I was working a lot more than him and he wanted, you know, some time to... Semi retire. That was stated in our partnership agreement. We got paid what we worked, so there was no animosity or resentment between who was working more. Um, it was there was really clear clauses that we would, you know, revisit every three years um, a buy in or buy out um, conversation. So would I buy more? Would Murray sell out? And if neither of us wanted it, it was really clear that the other partner would get first option. at at what's going to happen from that point.
0: Which is a very good point because you want to have that security in the agreement for both parties.
1: Yeah, I think it's all the things that a junior partner worries about when they're buying in with a senior partner. They're at very different stages of their life and it was all the things that I was worried about.
0: If I could just make a statement. um, Over this period of you buying in, for our listeners, you also became a mother of two children and which is an amazing feat, and you've held it all together. You've got enormous support from your spouse, which is important. Yeah. How did that that process of becoming a mother whilst being a pharmacist, um, pharmacy partner owner, uh, work?
1: Uh, I would say out of the whole the whole sort of last ten years, it's been the most challenging part of owning a business, um, juggling two small children with running a business and and. The biggest, I suppose, trouble that you have as a business owner is staffing two businesses. We have two shops and we have to staff them both with pharmacists and pharmacists are very hard to find, which means in turn you are at at the business running those shops more than you may like when you have two small children. But in saying that, um, because I'm a business owner, it was also really flexible. So I could bring the kids to work. Um, We set up a little room with the cot. The staff became like a second family to our kids. It's I wouldn't change a thing, even though at times it's been hard.
0: <laughs> that's right. And that's that sense of community, right, that you, everyone's engaged. Like Sarah's a mum, et cetera, and everyone's, everyone wants to see the baby in any event.
1: Yeah, and the customers love it. The customers love when we bring the kids to work and they're pottering around in the shop and, oh, yeah. is this yours? And, you know, it's yeah. really it's a nice place exactly. for kids to be. Exactly, exactly.
0: Did your agreement with Murray ever contemplate that?
1: Yeah, did. Yeah, Murray knew um, when I became a partner. So the same year that I bought into the business, I uh, got married. I think I got married that year. So Murray knew that down the track there would be we would have a family. So in the partnership agreement, um, he there was a statement in there about maternity leave. So as a business partner, you don't want your business partner leaving and going on maternity leave for a year or two years, it just doesn't really work. Um, so we did put a clause in that partnership agreement as to the maternity leave we were entitled to, um, and then what we would be required to come back to work, all being well with mutual agreement. So that yeah, there was a statement for that.
0: Now, during this process, there was no doubt the concept of value was uh, discussed. I don't really want to talk about the numbers. What I want to talk about is the concept of how did you arrive at a number that both parties thought was fair?
1: Um, so before we, before we went, you know, very far down the track of how we were going to decide on a value, um, we made the decision early on that we would get an independent valuer to come in. Uh, they would value the pharmacy and that is the value that we would take. If for some reason they valued it and Murray didn't agree on it or I didn't agree on it, we would get a second independent valuation and then we would take the average of those two. Um, But we only ever got one valuation, one independent valuation, and we've done that each time um, a partner has bought up or in.
0: For our listeners, you know, you came in in the period of PBS reform, which was the first time we'd seen significant deflation in pharmacy. How did you and Murray manage that process with the um, doubt over future values of pharmacy?
1: Um, Yeah, to be honest, Norm, I think Murray sort of understood the implications of that to the purchase price more than I did. Um, But very uniquely, I think, and it just shows how um, fair Murray is, I suppose, as a business partner, is that we agreed upon a purchase price um, but then with the unknown over the next two years, um, we decided at that point that I would only pay 80% of that purchase price to Murray. Um, and in two years' time, we would sit down. Um, I think we got the pharmacy revalued at that point. And then we would decide whether I, I, I needed to pay the remaining 20% of the purchase price or if there had been a big reduction in the um, purchase price Price of the in the valuation of the pharmacy, then we would adjust what what I paid for the pharmacy, my share in the pharmacy, which was extremely fair on on Murray's behalf, and I can't imagine anyone else really offering that to a junior partner.
0: Just for our listeners, did you end up paying the twenty percent?
1: Um, Norm, you'll probably know this more than me. I think I did.
0: The short answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. And really what's, what's important there is through the discussions with Murray, it's such a big thing at the time, right? It's such a big thing when you're going through this transmission of ownership. And to me, the 20% was such a fair outcome for both parties. But what actually happened, which was just astounding was you and Murray were both so committed to the cause, which was the business that the business never faltered. And I oh, yeah. think that that is the key to it because you were both so engaged with not only each other but the business and and the customer, which kept coming in irrespective of PBS reform going on in the background, that the valuation held up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was a great result. Great result for Murray. Great result for you yeah. in that in that transition because it was yeah. affordable. He made it affordable for you to come in, and then yeah. when it proved itself, it was it was easy to to pay the extra twenty percent.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: definitely, Sarah. For our audience, um, this we're talking about two pharmacies in in the in the town of Camper, Camperdown, and and it's not easy to manage, as you said before. Uh, you know, you've got a big roster, you've got lots of customers, you've got local um, facility and community based packing. It's a big business. At what point did you think can I do this by myself, or do I need someone else?
1: When um when I first bought in with murray the thought of him um eventually leaving and me being left on my own was extremely daunting um and as time went on and i had the kids i think i i realized then i i love what i do and i love um being in ownership but i don't think i would love it as much if i was on my own um the the fact that I could share it with Murray, even just to chat about decisions we were making within the business um is what I enjoyed, and I felt if all that responsibility was left to me, I just wouldn't enjoy it as much as I did having a partner.
0: And so what did you do about that?
1: So uh, Murray, quite uniquely at the time, had offered a scholarship to kids in the area who were heading off to uni on the proviso that they would come back and work in the business for two years, which is something we still do now. Um, and we had another another Sarah who had come back. She she lived in, in the area. Her family was all here. She also had a partner here, and she was coming back um, newly qualified. So Murray and I got onto her straight away and asked whether she would like to come and work with us uh, full-time. I think she actually might have started as an intern. Um, and... From that, we realised over time that we had a lot of the same ideals, we worked well together, all three of us as a team. Um, I think Murray yes. was sort of thinking, you know he at, at it was getting closer and closer that he would like to eventually leave the business. I didn't want it all on my own, so we brought Sarah in with the idea that maybe in time she she could be the perfect partner for us.
0: That's great, and does she did she come in? into your partnership agreement, if I can say that? Or did you create a new one because then it was three of you, not two of you?
1: We, so we kept, I suppose, the main base of our partnership agreement, but it was rewritten for for the three of us. Um, yep. So, yeah, the, the basics were there, but we changed it entirely for the three three of us in partnership.
0: And as a partnership of three, and and even reflecting on it, when it was a partnership of yourself and Murray, did you have regular meetings, set meetings, formal meetings, or were they just generally ad hoc about performance, staff, um, customer issues, um, etc.?
1: No, we would have we would have lots of ad hoc meetings, but we would also try and um, schedule at least one meeting a quarter, where we would stay back um, after work, all three of us. It felt it felt even maybe more regularly than that, and that was where Murray would try and teach Sarah and I um how to look over the figures what to monitor um what to be keeping an eye on each month or each quarter so he would teach us how to I suppose manage and run a pharmacy as well as discussing all the everyday things that we needed to talk about in a meeting.
0: Yeah that's great You, you both obviously have patience for each other because um You know, as the business grows, I mean, the business that Murray left was bigger than the the business that he came into. And the same will end up happening with yourself. So uh, what you do day to day changes over many years. Have you ever thought about your exit in the future and whether that would be on a staged succession plan or whether um, you might just decide to sell?
1: I have thought about it. And Sarah and I have Spoken about, um, you know, what we would do eventually when it comes time for us to want to leave. Um, we would hope that we would never have to sell it. Um, we have also continued what Murray, um, what Murray did with the scholarship and and the aim of getting local pharmacists back into the pharmacy. And our aim would be, um, you know, we've got a you know a new junior pharmacists coming back in the next sort of three to five years. And our aim would be to do, to offer the same as what Murray offered us in terms of opportunity to buy into the business.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. Sarah, maybe a big picture question. How do you see the future of pharmacy ownership?
1: I think it's really optimistic. I think pharmacy has has come through COVID, through the COVID pandemic, better than lots and lots of other I feel like um, maybe people have understood or realised a pharmacist's worth. Um, I think small independently owned community pharmacies um, are so invaluable in a small regional town and I feel like our scope of practice is increasing every year that I work. Um, we We become the first point of call in a community, in a regional community, People come to us first before they, you know, you know, decide whether they have to go to see a GP or someone else first. We're that first point of contact. Um, community pharmacy is very, it's very difficult for a junior partner to buy into stand alone. So being able to bring in junior partners and teach them and and show them how to run a business and be part of a team, I, I think is so it's an incredibly fortunate place to be and if I could do that to someone like me I'd be so happy.
0: Sarah, I'm sure I have no doubt that Murray would be proud of what you're doing today, he'd be proud of the business and uh, it's been a great outcome and it's been a pleasure talking to you today, thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me on Norm.
0: I'm Norman Thurecht from Pitcher Pharmacy and I've been in conversation with Sarah Baker, pharmacist and partner of Camperdown Pharmacy in Victoria.